Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 50. Welcome! Can you believe it's episode 50? I cannot believe it. Um, So welcome to all my returning listeners and welcome to anybody who has uh, found this as a new listener. You are most welcome here. Pour yourself something warm or cold or whatever to drink and let's let's just settle in for a chat here. Um, Yeah, I want to do something special for my 50th episode, but I kind of procrastinated about it. So um, I think I'm going to celebrate over the next few episodes with some giveaways. And we'll talk about the first one in the quilting segment of the podcast. My cup of tea today is Harney and Sons. As you know, I love that brand. Um, And I have some straight up English breakfast tea, black English breakfast tea. And I bought a big old tin of it off of Amazon because I'm making kombucha, which I'll talk about later, and I wanted to use a really nice quality loose leaf tea for that. Um, I think I'll talk about it later, but I think I might experiment with some a mix of black and green tea. But for now, um, I bought a, a big tin of it. I love the the way their teas come in these very nice tins, and since I have so much of it, um, I've been drinking it a lot with my like perfect tea maker. And you know, I had kind of strayed from my roots of loose leaf tea, my snobbiness about loose leaf tea, and was using a lot of um, uh, tea bags just because of of course they are so much more. Um, you know, convenient, let's be honest. And Harney and Sons actually has tea bags that I use. Oh, I've used a ton, um, but they are, um, it's loose leaf tea in a little tea bag. So it's still good quality. Anyways, I hope you're drinking something lovely. I, I know that I am, um, yeah, I'm a little bit late on this podcast just cause you know, things are crazy right now, right? I feel like we are just trying to navigate all these things. I said to my husband the other day, there's three things going on right now. Any one of them would be like stressful, uh, a stressful time to live. Just the political climate that we're in, number one, the race relation things that are going on, the pandemic, and the fact that we are dealing with all three at once. It feels honestly, you know, very, very overwhelming. So um, yeah, I just was not... I don't know, just feel like I didn't feel like I was mentally in a place to to be a haven for you guys last week. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we're just trying to figure out with um, things starting to open up. Um, and here the, the numbers in California do not support the reasoning for opening up. We're opening up because people we have pandemic fatigue People need to get back to their businesses. I completely get all that, but uh, we're not changing our lives too much. And and I'm just I want to just say there's some solidarity out there for for people who are a little confused about what the way forward is, especially when you've got kids. So I've got um, kids who are 22, 20, and 17, and um, you know it's definitely our house, our rules, and everything. But it's just you know especially the, my youngest child, you know, he's going into a senior year of high school and he wants to get out there, right? He wants to see friends. And so we are trying to figure out, you know, what are the steps that we can take to sort of, you know, loosen the reins a little bit and still stay, you know, masked up, socially distance, 
outside. You know, we've just got this whole list of rules and I'm constantly texting my friends going, we're thinking about this. What are you thinking? You know, just trying to, as parents, just really navigate this. It has been, it has been tough. Um, so yeah. And we finally got through the whole uh, graduation ceremony and moving my daughter back um, from college. So she's been here, kind of abandoned her, her, um, apartment in, in March. Didn't know that that's what was happening when she left, but we finally, her lease was up. We had to go back and move her out and moving somebody who is living on a second story while wearing a mask. It was not a pleasant experience. Those masks got so gross and sweaty and, and we had to drive down to San Diego to do this. And, um, it's not easy to make a bathroom stop anymore. Like we went into a Starbucks, which might be a go-to place to use a, a restroom. They would not let you. Um, just frankly, a, a, just a kind of, I think a family-owned diner just took pity on us and, and let us use their restroom, just get in and out of there. And that was very interesting because that was the week that um, dine-in restaurants were just starting to open up. And they had, um, I, I don't know what it was called, but you know, it's like picture a Denny's or something, but it was, it was just, a, you know, like a one-off thing, not a chain. And they had these, the plexiglass shields between every seat, you know, on the counter between every seat at the, at the counter, you know, where you might sit, I want to say the bar, but it's a, it's a diner. So it's the counter. Um, and even on some of the tables, they had like a, a four top table. They had a, a, plexiglass thing between them. I'm like, would you see two different parties there? That seemed like very strange to me. But anyways, we're just, we're learning, we're learning to, to navigate. Um, but even though my, um, oldest, my daughter technically finished her degree in March, we did the virtual at home graduation ceremony. And, and that was fun. I took her to the park with her, her hat, her cap and took some pictures, realized what a uh, lousy photographer I am, but we were able to put together some announcements and, and, um, and really tried to celebrate her that day with a nice dinner. And um, we had got a yard sign and, you know, all those kinds of things to just, you know, try to make it a little bit special. So it's just, just really strange times. Um, last episode, I was racing against the clock with my son's drum lesson. I was smart enough today to do this earlier in the day, so I wouldn't be racing. But, um, and I, I, in my, my rushing, I made all kinds of mistakes. And when I go back and edit the podcast, I don't heavily edit it at all, but, um, you know, just take out the pauses and every once in a while I go off on some random thing that I completely cut out and spare you guys. <laughs> but, and whenever I go back and listen, I realize all the mistakes that I make, like that I say something's just straight up wrong, or I change um, direction in the middle of my thoughts. So my, my noun and my verb don't agree. So thank you for being, you know, gracious to just forgive me all those off the cuff um, types of, of mistakes. Because as you can tell, I don't like write this up. I just have a few notes. So remember what to talk about. Otherwise, I would just forget everything. But anyway, so I, I, I did my intro wrong. Last time I re-record my intro, every time. I don't have it pre-recorded. And um, so I had said, I was really embarrassed about it. Apparently not that many people noticed. <laughs> How navel-gazing can you be? But um, so I put a little, did a little giveaway of some quilting books that um, 
if someone could spot what the the error was. And so, um, and what was funny is the first couple ones were not things that I thought that I said wrong. And I thought, oh no, this is going to be like a whole list of everything that went wrong in this podcast. But it was all in good fun. And I ended up giving away two books. Um, so, so anyways, but in that podcast, I talked about how I'd become sort of a full service hair salon. Um, and that continues as we are in this uh, pandemic. I gave my son a haircut. Um, so I think I've done six men's haircuts now. And um, my daughter and I cut our own hair. So she's got very, very curly hair. And she's been cutting her own hair for a long time because you you don't have to give curly hair a really conventional cut. Um, a really good curly girl cut really cuts like each curl family individually um, to get the best shape. But um, my hair, I've been wearing curly. I've, I've, I'm going gray. I'm embracing it. I've been using the, the conditioner silver to tone down the blonde so there's not so much of a, a, a contrast between my roots and my hair. And that's working okay. I actually did just invest in some um, purple shampoo which accomplishes the same thing. I just wanted to see if I liked it better. Um, but so I'm wearing my hair curly. I have very mixed feelings about it. I'm not sure. It, it does take a while for your hair to kind of get used to it. But they're, my hair's layered and the bottom layers were definitely getting kind of thinner. Um, you know, because I haven't had a haircut since like February. And um, so online, there is a way to cut curly hair that's called the unicorn cut, where you kind of turn your hair upside down and put it on a ponytail, like basically... At your forehead and then you just pull it forward and you just cut off you know some length from there and if you have layered hair you know that like if you flip your hair up head upside down a lot of times your hair looks like it's completely bluntly cut and then when because of the shape of your head when you flip it back over those create layers so this is I think a similar idea and so um, so I did that um, it still had some issues in the back so Chloe went and kind of cleaned it up so it's a little shorter than I was uh, thought that it would be let me just say it that way and um, if I ever go do get a normal haircut I'm sure the hairdresser is just going to be like what did you do to your hair but yeah so it's come to that though I'm cutting my own hair um, I I've been thinking about it and then one day gosh was it, maybe it was just yesterday um, Chloe says I've been wanting to cut my hair short for a while um, I've got 10 minutes before I have to be back to work I'm gonna go do it <laughs> and she just went and did it and I'm like you know what because you cut it dry and I'm like I'm going to do the same thing. So, so anyways, haircuts <laughs> continuing to die. She needs to do her roots again with the Madison Reed stuff, which I cannot recommend highly enough. All right. So we are 10 minutes in and I've not talked about nothing uh, uh, quilting wise at all. So let's move on to that. I just want to say thank you to Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring this podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. I want to talk about the new Bonnie and Camille B book again. This celebrated mother-daughter team present their personal stories of how quilting has shaped their past and presence while influencing future generations. They also share tips on how to make quilting an occasion to be shared with family, friends, and the global quilting community, as well as many practical quilting tips. This book features 12 amazing projects, including the unforgettable Shine On Sampler Quilt, nine coordinating quilts, a pillow and one gift worthy thread catcher with a bonus cross stitch companion of the sampler quilt included there is so much to do within these pages make sure that you reserve your book today whatever fabric 
pattern or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it at Fat Quarter Shop. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. All right, let's talk some quilting. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a little uninspired to be sewing lately, and I know why. And I kind of wanted to share with you um, my plan for for getting out of it, for getting out of my funk. I've got a couple reasons for being uninspired, other than just, you know, the general distraction of living today. One is, as I mentioned before, and I don't want to go on and on about it, but my sewing setup is is not ideal. Um, I'm sewing on my desk. I have to break down and set up my sewing machine. There's not a lot of space, um, but lots of quilters prevail on that. That's a total first world problem. And, I, you know, I'm going to just kind of break through that. But I'm working on um, that scrappy trip quilt. And to be honest with you, I have made so many miscalculations. It's a very simple pattern, um, but I've just, I've, I feel like I've just blown it at every turn. And so I'm having a hard time finishing, but I am trying to sit down and, and sew a little bit every night and, and finish this up. So here, here's kind of what has gone wrong. I started with a jelly roll. I didn't really think about how big the jelly roll is. It's called, uh, the fabric is called Bloom. You can buy it over in Minky Kim's shop, um, which is where I got it. And, um, and so I started with the jelly roll and, um, so I use this scrappy trip pattern. I've talked about it, you know, because I'm so slow at sewing. I've talked about it for the last several episodes, but um, I'm using a pattern that is a, that um, Woodbury Way adapted from Bonnie Hunter, where you basically sew strips and then you sew them into a tube and then you trim them. Um, and so it's a whole, you know, it's, it's kind of a fun technique, especially once I figured out how to stop making mistakes because you use a sim seam ripper to open up your strip and then you, on the next um, strip, you move one patch down and open it there so that you get this um, stair step case, uh, stair step effect with, with each of your patches. And um, so the first thing is that I didn't really realize that this um, jelly roll didn't have as many strips as I thought. So... Um, for the scrappy trip quilt to really take shape, it needs to be a certain size so that you see the repeats because it makes these like diamonds. And I ran out of fabric. <laughs> so I, and, and the blocks for the one that I'm using are big. They're 16 inches. And so I would have been well advised to do something that was more like a 12 inch block so I could have more repeats. So it's just actually nine big blocks. And so um, the big four big blocks make that uh, kind of a diamond shaped pattern. And then, you know, the two over on the right and the two in the bottom, three across the bottom, they're just kind of there. <laughs> so I have not accomplished seeing the pattern. What it does look like is it, because I used, um, every other patch is white. It just kind of looks like a, um, a patchwork quilt, you know, with some interesting, um, you know, uh, fabric repeats happening. So when I realized that I had basically chosen the wrong pattern for what I, the materials I had, I was super bummed about it. And I used up basically all the fabric I had. And then one of the strips, um, you, you, you actually, after you, you, how do I want to say this? You do eight strips, like, uh, alternating two and a half inch strips, you know, uh, 
a print and a white and a background. And then you fold, you know, so you've got eight, eight across and you fold it in half and you sew it across the top and then you cut two and a half inch strips. And, um, I did some cutting wrong so that I got into the selvage on one of the patches and that really, really bummed me out because I didn't have any more fabric. And so I just sat on it. I sat on it for weeks and then I thought, okay, I mean, I'll just, and I didn't have, um, I have a few strips left over from the Jelly Roll, but they're all lights. And this was a super dark print and I just, I didn't know what to do. Ultimately, um, Minky has this fabric in her shop and she's been making some things with it. And I finally just texted her and said, Minky, do you have like a three by three square of this fabric? <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't just ask her. I was just so bummed. And then she's like, of course. And she actually dropped it off today. <laughs> for me. I was like, can I come by and pick that up? Just leave it on your porch. And then the next thing I know, it's on, it's on my porch. So thank you, Minky. So, um, so yeah, it's just, um, you know, those kinds of mistakes and I just kind of can, uh, suck the mojo out of you. And so I just needed a plan and I'm not exactly sure what I'm gonna do about the backing of the quilt. And so this, I can just really get paralyzed. And, um, I start sewing somewhere between eight and eight 30 at night because between, um, dinner and cleanup. And then we do a walk after, after dinner, it's, it's after eight. So I felt in, in, you know, I'm in bed by 10. So I've got a very short window to sew here and it's just easy to go. I don't know how to solve that problem right now. So I'm just going to, I don't know, sit here and scroll Instagram or go read a book or something. So that's, you know, so I've got the fabric piece. Um, I'm going to get this together and I'm just going to say, you know what? Okay. It was my, um, it was a mistake that I, I, I picked the wrong pattern for this, fabric. It's not that the fabric was wrong. It's that, you know, the jelly roll, uh, was wrong. You know, I should have checked. Um, I also had a bit of a panic when I realized that I wasn't paying attention when I was sewing them together. Um, if I was always starting with like a, a, a background or a, um, pat, a print piece in the, like the upper left-hand corner, because they have to turn those stripes need to go a certain way. It actually panned out, but I had a little panic last night about, oh my gosh, now that I've almost completed all the blocks, I've sewn them together wrong, but uh, I'm going to sew that sucker up. I'm going to photograph it and, um, and then I'm going to move on and I'm going to, I've been trying to think about what's going to make me happy. I just want to sew in a way that makes me happy right now. Um, and well, one thing I want to do, <laughs> again, the whips, right? Rooftop wonders. I've been talking about for like a year and a half people. And I set it aside and it's this quilt for my son who is now 17, going to be 18 soon, going into a senior year of high school. And I started this when he was like in 10th grade so that he would have a new, cause he has like kind of a young quilt that I made him on his bed. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, you need to finish this quilt before he goes away to college. <laughs> I kind of had a panic about it. So I want to work on that. The other thing that I want to do is, um, you know, the, 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 uh, quilt block is called a flowering snowball. We used it in the handpiece quilt along. We called that block Emma. Is that right? I think so. And, um, I love that block and it makes a huge difference how that block looks depending on, um, where you place your uh, background versus your print. As a matter of fact, when Patty and I were showing each other as we were sewing up our samples for the handpiece quilts along, she said, what block is that? I don't even like recognize it. And then she realized what it was, but I had uh, done it backwards than her, of, of I, what I chose to be background in print. Um, and so that comment actually made me get into, um, uh, electric quilt 
and play around with that block. And so I created a, you know, just a digital quilt that's just a two colors, just blue and white right now. I'm trying to think of what fabric would do it justice. That is just the flowering snowball block, which is a, if you are thinking about learning how to sew curves, it is a great block to start with because the curves are very gentle, like an orange peel block, which is what we used for our Claire block in um, the Hampi's Quilt Along. People did not enjoy sewing that block. And when I say people, I mean me. <laughs> it was it was a tough one. Those curves are tight. But the flowering snowball, and I'll put a picture in the show notes. Um, I'll even, uh, I have a blog post that has the two colorations right next to each other. Um, and I'll put that picture in there to show you what I mean, that how different it can look. But they're very gentle curves. And it's a really fun block to sew. And so um, I did a layout where I alternated, you know, sewing all, let's just say the petals of the flowering snowball in print and alternated that with one where the petals are background. And it creates these amazing secondary patterns with circles and stuff. It's kind of like this whole optical illusion thing that's super cool. So that is a quilt that I'm kind of thinking about. Um, I, you know, what would be so great for that is the Boro fabric that I did my um, quilt. It was called Indigo Illusion. Um, it was an American patchwork and quilting last year. And um, I almost want to use that kind of fabric again, but it's very similar because that also had an optical illusion of these curved secondary patterns. I love blue. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about really trying to find uh, some fabric that keeps it simple, um, not, not, you know, maybe like a mode of grunge or something like that, like something that reads solid, but isn't really flat like a solid. I don't know. But so I've been kind of thinking about that. I was playing around with that um, last night, looking at some upcoming lines um, from Moda to see if there's anything that kind of I'm, I'm finding inspiring. So that's kind of what's going on uh, quilting wise. Um, but I do want to talk about a book. Um, my friend Mickey, who dropped off that fabric that I needed, she has a new book out right now, and it's called Zaka Wool Applique, 60 Plus Sweetly Stitched Designs, Useful Projects for Joyful Living. I can't tell you how much that the subtitles say Minky to me. <laughs> this is a fabulous book. It's from Stash. And um, let me tell you about it a little bit. If you have ever... Um, kind of been curious about sewing illustrations. So for those of you who don't know, Minky, Kim and I, we um, used to live on the same street. Now we just live in the same town. We um, wrote a book together. It was her designs and um, my words, but we wrote a book called Sewing Illustration. And um, she has these, she's an amazing artist, but she draws these absolutely charming motifs. And um, and she would uh, do a kind of basically a free, um, a raw edge applique of, of these designs, um, like, you know, lots of things, but a lot of scenes, a lot of, um, you know, kitchen motifs or garden motifs, a lot of things with children, just rain boots are common theme, tennis shoes, super cute. And, um, so we wrote that book. I don't know. It might be like five years ago now, but, uh, she has, you know, continued on writing her books. And so if you ever looked at those things and thought I could never do that, well, number one, you're wrong. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, but she's kind of simplified that a little bit with this, with this wool applique. So she gives you all these, these patterns, um, you know, very simple illustrations that you could use for lots of different things. Um, and then you cut them out of wool and basically em embroider them on, you know, like applique them on, but, you know, and then embellish them with embroidery stitches. So I'm looking at the cover and basically they're, they're, uh, it's this adorable 
little um, pouch that's got scissors and a pencil and a safety pin and some embroidery floss and a measuring tape. And the shapes are, are uh, applique down with what was a blanket stitch. And then some details are done with the back stitch, like in the chain stitch. And she shows you exactly how to do all of these. And um, so if you've ever been curious about sewing illustration, this would like be a great place to start. And if you've ever just been a fan of Minky's illustration style, this book, what is it? 60 plus designs of flowers. Um, she has this way of drawing cats and foxes that are so adorable. I'm flipping through scissors uh, in all different ways of doing embroidery floss, sewing machines. Um, what else? Seam rippers, pins. Oh, here's this a sugar jar, a teapot, a coffee cup. She loves to do it shelves with like cute little bowls and, and pots on there with like hanging kitchen utensils. Super cute. Lots of kitchen utensils, uh, leaves, so many cute things. And um, if you think, oh, that's not really my thing. She actually has um, patterns that are like for quilters. Um, like there's a very adorable pillow called the Jardin pillow, which just has, you know, a little bit of this uh, applique in the center. And then the rest of it is, um, you know, just pieced and quilted. Um, and then she's got another one that's a wall hanging. That's like that. Very, very cute. Um, so yeah. And she also has lots of pouch patterns in here. If you follow Minky on Instagram and doesn't everybody, um, she has a ton, she does a ton of uh, pouches. So this is a way there's a, all kinds of zipper pouches in here of different designs. So totally great resource. And I am going to do a giveaway of this book. Um, so I will put the entry form on the show notes for this podcast. And I don't know how long I'll keep it open, probably for a week or so. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think, I think that you would love that, but it's available now on Amazon just go over and buy it. It's a, it's adorable. Let's move on to uh, knitting and kind of crochet. I am almost finished with this pair of socks that I've had on the needles for like six months. All I have to do is the Kitchener stitch on two, two socks on both socks. Um, I actually didn't even finish the first one when I moved on to the second one. And in my mind, I know that will take approximately five minutes and I have been procrastinating about it all week, but I'm going to do that this weekend. Um, and my daughter, I think I've told you, she became a crochet convert and she, you know, like over Christmas break, she crocheted this amazing, huge blanket in five days. It was, it was insane. Um, and she hasn't been, um, doing much crochet because she, you know, just hasn't figured out what she, I think she's kind of bumping up this against the same issue that I have with knitting is that we live in such a hot environment. It's really hard to figure out what it is you should be making, even if you love the, the motion, the actual doing of the project. So she found this very cute, um, it's like a sweater, almost like a jacket. I, when she showed it to me, I'm like, oh, that's not what I was picturing. It's long. Um, so it's kind of like you, a very lightweight um, crocheted, I don't know, I want to use the word jacket because it is, it's like past your hips. Um, but it's very open weave as crochet often is. She said, actually, it's kind of just like you wouldn't know this by looking at it, but it's a bunch of granny squares, not like your typical granny square, way more open weave than that, but it's just repeated. And then those squares are sewn together. So it's a really kind of fun thing to do. It's like low stakes because you're just making one square at a time. I'll put a, a link in the picture in the show notes, but it's super cute. She's doing it in a, um, a white, 
uh, DK weight yarn. Um, so it's going to be super lightweight and I think really good for, um, you know, like the spring and summer and the fall and maybe even the winter here in California. I don't know. But anyways, super cute. So I don't know if you've got, got many crocheters in my audience, but you should go check it out because it's, it's very cute. So let's talk about um, what I've been watching. I've got this problem in my reading and watching segments here is that I'm kind of deep into series. So I'm not like, I don't have a lot of new information to talk about, but we did as a family watch um, the movie Selma, um, which is a, a movie about Martin Luther King and the, the, the whole situation in Selma as part of, you know, us educating ourselves and um, being good allies and, uh, you know, just basically, you know, yeah, basically it's just, it's education to remind ourselves and, and, and even learn things we didn't know about the plight of historically of, of black people. So that was a family thing. Um, next on the watch list for that is Just Mercy, which um, I've heard it was a wonderful book and a great movie. So I'll talk about that next time. But other than that, I'm like deep in the series of I'm rewatching Doc Martin, which I am loving. Um, and that this scrappy trip quilt I'm working on is um, it's so tied up with Doc Martin with me because I've watched Doc Martin every time I've sewn it. But that's super fun. And then as a family, we just um, are plugging away on the million seasons of um, King of the Hill, which is such a funny show if you've got older kids. But they just dropped um, Avatar The Last Airbender on, I think it's Netflix. It's hard to remember what is on what streaming service these days. Um, but that was a show that um, we watched when my kids were younger and they have very fond memories of. So we are rewatching that as a family. So if, if you struggle like me with um, finding shows that are like appropriate for watching with kids, even, you know, even though my kids are older and we can handle more things, there are certain things I really don't want to watch with my kids. Like I do not really want to watch shows or movies that are very sexual with my children <laughs> you know like they're adults you can like whatever but I don't really want to sit in the same room but um so Avatar Last Air Airbender is actually it's animated but it's a great story um and so anyway so we're we're enjoying that we have a thing where about no, at 9 30 every night we get together and we watch a couple shows that's kind of how we um then we go to bed and then who knows how late those kids stay up that's that's their deal right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh, which really keeps my sewing time somewhere between 8 and 9.30 every day. That's about all I've got time for. So that's what's going on um, with what I'm uh, watching. And um, I'd love to know what you guys are watching. If you've got um, movies and TV shows to recommend, um, pop those over in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. I'm trying to get more active on that, but, you know, one thing at a time. Um, but I do love the camaraderie when, that when we get talking about things over there. Uh, in terms of reading, I'm still reading The Land of Painted Caves because it is a thousand pages long. <laughs> so this is the book by Jean All. It's the last in the series. Um, I think it's called the Earth's First Children series. It started with Clan of the Cave Bear. It ends with Land of the Painted Caves. Um, she does a really good job of reminding you of things that happened in previous books. Um, you know, it's been a kind of a slog for me so far. I'm about 20% in is all, seriously. Um you know, and I'm enjoying it. And it's, you know, we, we're, we need to get into some conflict because it's, I think it's a lot of world building right now. Um, I told my husband there's, they're at like a summer meeting, um, you know, where the people, the, who live in the different caves, they get together of the same tribe and they, um, once a year they get together and it's just like, 
in, in one paragraph, she will reel off like nine names and they're all kind of these made up names, you know, um, John Delar and John Ayla and, you know, <laughs> Laramar. And I just, I can't even keep them straight. I'm just like, quit name dropping. I cannot, you know, really get into the story. So anyways, I'm going to try to finish it. Um, but it's, it's a little bit of a slow going. The other book I'm reading, it's called How Not to Diet. Um, my brother read How Not to Die <laughs> by the same author. And then the author went on to uh, write How Not to Diet, where he really talks about um, working an anti-inflammatory diet um, into your life. That this is, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned before that, yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to, to lose 20 or 30 pounds. Um, and that has been, it's been kind of eye-opening. There's like things that I know, but I can't, I am an inspiration junkie. I always need to be inspired and, and thinking about new things. And going, oh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. And so um, basically it's, this book is really, he focuses on the importance of fiber is, is like crazy important. And we as Americans do not get enough. And, you know, who, who knew, but fruits and vegetables are really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't eat enough of them. So um, it was, it's funny because I really, for two days, uh, I, I really concentrated on getting vegetables even in a breakfast and, and, and really eating very clean. And I woke up on the third day and I remember thinking that I felt happy. Like, and I was thinking like, have I been sad? Have I been, have I been a little depressed? Which is entirely possible with all that's going on. But it just made me realize how food and mood are so intertwined. And um, with all that's happening right now, the the cleaner we can eat, the, the, the better we are so that we can be our best selves for our family and for society and, and things. So those are the two things I'm, I'm reading. Um, let's move on to uh, homemaking. So how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing on your homemaking routines these days? Um, you know what? With all the people in the house, I've talked about this before, it's it's challenging, isn't it? You know, I, I um, kind of enjoy having the house to myself and being able to, to putter and to clean out a drawer here and there and to um, do my fly lady zone cleaning. And it's, it's a little tricky right now, but it's... Um, I was reminded recently of how important having um, having routines are. So let's just talk for a second about a morning routine, because um, this can really make or break my day. And and too often, I um, find a reason to go over and check Instagram or Facebook, and then I fall down a rabbit hole, and I come out an hour later, and then realize I haven't exercised, and I really should be getting to work, and the whole the whole thing can start to fall apart. Um, so having a set morning routine, whatever that means for you, for me, it's getting, getting up, having some devotions with my coffee, kind of checking the news. I should really stop doing that. I really try to stay off social media in the morning and try to read some, some inspirational books, um, like nonfiction. Um, uh, I have uh, several that I, that I do sometimes, you know, some like these nutrition books that I'm kind of interested in or the, um, simple abundance, but really kind of like filling, filling my cup up for the rest of the day. And then it's a lot of, it's make a list of what I need to get done today. Um, and having kind of a checklist, one thing, um, that I <laughs> make such a difference is if I notice at this point in the day, what's for dinner, because I do menu plan 
and grocery shop according to the menu plan. So that part of my routine is really set. But what where it sometimes falls apart is when it's three o'clock and I forgot to pull meat out of the freezer. We pull a lot of meat out of the freezer and stuff for dinner. And um, so if I can check what's for dinner in the morning and go, okay, I'm gonna go pull that chicken out now, that makes a huge difference. The other uh, fly lady morning routine that will kind of change change my life um, is what she calls the swish and swipe. And that's the wipe down the, the sink and toilet uh, in your bathroom mirror just every morning when you're done. When you're done getting ready, just wipe it down, which, you know, barely needs it at that point. And that's the secret. And I try to alternate. Um, we have three bathrooms in our house. The, the kids' bathroom is their own problem. So the master bathroom and then the downstairs bathroom, which is the big communal bathroom. And I just kind of, uh, one day I swish and swipe one and one day I swish and swipe the other. And um, I'd kind of gotten out of that habit. And now, um, and, and my cleaning, because everyone's kind of pitching in, we kind of do it on Saturdays now. But I was, you know, having to clean those bathrooms on Saturdays thinking, why am I not swishing and swiping? Because if you do swish and swipe, it almost cleans itself. It's like you don't really ever need to do the real deep cleaning because if you're wiping something down every day, it just doesn't get dirty. And so, um, so it's those kinds of routines, um, that, uh, you know, unloading the dishwasher, things like that, that really could just set up your day for success. So if you don't have a morning routine, you know, maybe kind of, kind of look into that. Um, so what else is happening home-wise garden? Oh my gosh. Okay. I think I talked last time about that I, because I don't want to go into places like Home Depot because there's big lines and it just, it seems like it's too overwhelming. Um, I planted a bunch of seeds and they all failed. I actually, that's not true of, let's just say I planted a hundred seeds. I have two cilantro plants coming up and that is it. The other two things that I have that came up are two zinnias that um, just were, that planted themselves from last year and they came up in really nice spots very nicely spaced so that was kind of funny but yeah not having a lot of luck with seeds so last weekend um, as things are opening up more our favorite nursery opened up so we masked up and went down there and um, we started over with the garden and what did we plant I've got um, two Persian cucumber plants and um, which is not something we normally grow We're kind of doing different things this year and a little um, sugar baby watermelon um, so that'll be interesting and um, I had done the, like, these big pots with these bamboo stakes and I want I had planted morning glory seeds I thought that would look really cool it's on the patio they never came up so I planted some sugar snap peas and I'm hoping that they will climb those um, bamboo poles and so that's kind of fun. So those are, um, those are getting going and planted some more zinnias to keep the two zinnia volunteers, uh, company. Um, the blackberry bushes are doing well. We're almost, um, through that part of the season. And now it's, um, we're to the part of the, of gardening, what that I really enjoy that I would call editing. So it's more of a, um, well, this plant, like the oregano is taking over here. I'm going to pull that out and I'm going to put some purple clone flowers here. And, you know, this part over here isn't really working. What are we going to do? And, and just kind of troubleshooting instead of, um, you know, doing major renovations. So, so that's going to be kind of ongoing all summer. Um, every time I want to, uh, kind of 
prune or transplant something, we go, oh, you know what? It's in full bloom right now. This is probably the wrong time to do it. I've got this whole big thing of Shasta daisies, which I love. And I want some in a different part of the yard. And I realized, you know, those Shasta daisies have been there for 17 years. I bet they could be separated. <laughs> and so we're like, yeah, let's do that. We're going to do it today. So we realized they're in full bloom. That We really probably need to wait to the fall. So gardening is definitely an exercise in, uh, in patience. So... Um, the last thing I want to talk about is because uh, just as an update is I am obsessed with making kombucha. This has been so fun. And the, just the, I think last episode I talked about that I had become project girl and, uh, and I still kind of am. So I'm doing continuous brew kombucha in a like two and a half gallon anger hawking glass jar that has like a spigot. And my little scoby is growing. I'm so, I'll be so excited when I can actually, um, uh, like take that apart and like give it to people, you know, like share the scoby with, if I can ever find anyone else who wants to ferment sweet tea. Um, but I've done maybe two bottlings. I'm going to do another bottling today. Um, and some I do just plain, just plain kombucha, which I really do like that flavor, but I've been taking frozen, um, raspberries or a mixed berry thing just out of the freezer from, you know, like frozen berries from Trader Joe and putting them in the blender with some, com a little bit com kombucha to, um, just make a, a little, I don't know, a sauce sort of. And then you fill the kombucha bottle up about three quarters and then fill the last quarter with a little bit of this um, raspberry like concentrate. And uh, it's really good. <laughs> it makes some very tasty kombucha. So I've done that twice. I need to get a little bit more brave about some of my flavor combinations. I hear a lot of good things about um, like ginger and lemon, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's just been, um, it's been a lot of fun. It, it does, you have to stay on your toes with it though, because if you don't stay on it, it'll go bad. And so I am investing now in another, uh, six bottles with those pop tops. Um, because right now I'm telling people drink the kombucha that we have in the refrigerator because I need those bottles for later today. And I want to kind of get out of that, uh, panic, panic drinking and um, I've also ordered a couple more glass jars so I can start what's called a SCOBY hotel. The SCOBY is this big amorphous blob that is the thing that's fermenting the tea. And um, as my SCOBY continues to grow, you can you actually peel them apart and store them. So if something ever goes wrong with the, the batch you're brewing, you have something to draw on. And it also enables you to just kind of take a break. Um, like if you're going to go on vacation or something, you're like, okay, I just need to let this batch go. Um, it allows you to have what you need to start up later. So anyways, thank you for the people who encouraged me that it wasn't too scary. Um, I will admit that the first um, times that I was tasting the kombucha, because it's, it's, it's not, um, there's not like a set number of days that you need to let things ferment. It really depends on the weather. So I'm constantly tasting it and taking a bottle out and put it in the fridge and tasting it going, okay, it's still, it's not really carbonated enough. I'm going to wait a couple days. And, but I definitely drank those myself the first few times to make sure that if anyone was going to get sick, it was me. Um, but so far no one's gotten sick. It's all been, it's all been really fun. So anyways, um, so I checked no new reviews. Um, 
I would appreciate it if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend, leave a rating, leave a review. I love to hear from you guys um, and definitely think about uh, joining over the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. I promise that I'm going to get uh, get better about posting in that because I do. I love you guys. I love the community that we have and I, and I would just, you know, want more um, conversation, more back and forth. So thanks for spending this time with me and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. You can find me online in my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, at Instagram at Kristen Esser. And once again, think about joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. <laughs>